failed to mention before, but if you have a poinsettia here that you have purchased, come and get that at the end of the service today. I want to remind you at the end as well, but make sure you get your poinsettia. Turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah 31, and we're going to look at the new covenant. We've been talking about covenants in this entire series. We've been looking at each and every covenant that God made. We excluded the Davidic covenant, unfortunately, just didn't have time. But what we see is that this covenant is just a fancy word, kids, okay? So you weren't here, so let me help you and help you understand what it is. This fancy word means that God made a relationship or a partnership with mankind. So can you say covenant means relationship? Can you do that? Covenant means relationship. Great, good job, all right? Adults and kids of all ages did a great job there. It was a partnership, a relationship that someone would have entered into, and there was a lot to go into that. We, we've talked about that now before. We don't want to get into the details of that again, and if you haven't checked that out, I'd love you could go back and see those on our website. But for, uh, for me to bring in the kids and help them to understand what this is, it's God creating a relationship the same way all peoples created relationships, and he entered into these partnerships with first Adam and then uh, with creation through Adam, with Noah, with creation through Noah. He, he entered into these relationships and these partnerships, and there was a, a vertical aspect, a, a relationship between God and that person, and then there was a relationship between that person as God's representative throughout the land and wherever they were. And so that happened again and again and again. And each covenant that we discussed helped us to ultimately look to Jesus. Each one helped us to see a glimmer of, of Jesus, a flicker of the light of Christ that was to come. We, we saw Jesus in each and every relationship. We saw how Jesus fulfilled each and every one uh, ultimately that would be fulfilled in him. And we saw through Advent, we saw the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that Jesus brings to those who are connected to him in a relationship. So today, what's been teased all along this whole series, as we've seen just little pieces here and there, is that we bask in the glow of the light that is Jesus. We bask in the glow of the light that is Jesus, the light that comes in the midst of darkness and brings hope, the calm that comes in the midst of turmoil and brings peace. The joy that comes in the midst of sorrow and difficulty and apathy and that is Jesus Christ and then the love that comes in the midst of the world that seems to be at each other's throat. The love that comes in Christ. And so what we see is that God established a new relationship, a new covenant with anyone who comes not by any other means except Jesus. You see, God established this way, this new covenant, and you might even call it a completed covenant because there's elements that are very similar to what we've talked about all along that are in there. But the difference is, is that Christ comes and fulfills them, completes them, makes them perfect, makes them complete, so that when someone comes by faith, trusting Christ into a covenant relationship with him, it is all accomplished 
in our lives. That's the whole point of Christmas, that Jesus brings us something, a gift that we couldn't get any other way. He brings us something into our lives that we could not attain on our own, that we could not keep our end of the deal good enough. He comes and completes what we never could complete for us. So 500 years before Jesus ever set foot on earth, so say with me, 500. 500, right? Kids, you can do, you can do awesome. I, can, I believe in you. Say 500. Yes, everybody say 500. 500. Jeremiah gives uh, this word about this new covenant before, before the baby Jesus ever cried in the cradle, in the, in the trough, before he was ever in the manger, but before he ever spoke or walked or did anything on earth, this was promised through Jeremiah the prophet. And let's look at what God said through him. If you would, would you read with me? Chapter 31, 31 through 34. And if you are able, would you stand to revere God's word? <clears throat> and remember, I'll say at the end, this is the word of the Lord. You say, thanks be to God, okay? 31, look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, this one will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, even though I am their master, the Lord's declaration. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, the Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, know the Lord for they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration for I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So we know this so what we see in this first point is that God's new covenant is written on the hearts of those who know Christ. God's new covenant is written on the hearts of those who know Jesus. We know this because in the new covenant, our hearts are changed because we have Jesus now and his spirit lives within those who know him. This isn't brand new, it's complete. You see, there, there is language throughout all the covenants, throughout Old Testament, it talks about, I will put their teaching within, my teaching within them, right on their hearts, but it's new because Jesus completes it for us. The Holy Spirit comes in when we are uh, birthed anew, when we are born again, when Jesus saves us, the Holy Spirit comes in. And his word is written on our hearts. It's, uh, it's changed us from within. Jesus makes those new who put their trust in him. And then he uses the, this language, I will be your God and you will be my people. This is covenant language. This is what we've talked about all along. This is what he says all along. I will be your God, you will be my people. That is this relationship he has established all along. So it's not new, it's complete. 
It's fulfilled in Jesus. Why? Because Adam, the covenant partner, he sinned. Noah, the covenant partner with God, what did he do? He sinned. The Abraham, the covenant partner with God, sinned. Moses and Israel sinned. David sinned. But what did Jesus never do? The covenant partner on our behalf, what did Jesus never do? The one who fulfilled and completed the new covenant. Jesus never sinned. Can you say that with me? Jesus never sinned. He never did. That's why he can fulfill it. That's why it's, we are made new. He did it on our behalf, never sinning and covering our sin. Look what verse 34 says. I love this. Toward the end of verse 34, it says, I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. You see, through Jesus, through the promise, through the new covenant, Jesus forgives our sin, our iniquity, and never again remembers it. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a wonderful truth? Isn't that great? He changes our hearts. The second thing we see here is that we, we can draw near to God through Jesus who was without sin. So we've already talked about that. Jesus never sinned. But because of that, we can draw near to him. You see, that was always, this language of covenant was always about drawing near to God and then spreading the gospel, spreading the news to anyone else. Drawing near to God so that you'd be ready to proclaim and let everyone else see what God had done. That's what he did with Adam. That's what he did with Noah. That's what he did with Israel, with Abraham, with David. Draw near to God in worship to be able to go out into the world. We can draw near to God truly, completely fulfilled in Christ. Look at Jeremiah 30, 21 through 22. Jacob's leader, and this is speaking of the one who's to come, who is Christ, will be one of them. His ruler will issue from him. I will invite him to me and he will approach me for who would otherwise risk his life to approach me? This is the Lord's declaration. You will be my people, and I will be your God. This is a prophecy from Jeremiah about Christ who was coming, who would be able to draw near to God on our behalf, who would be able, because he is without sin, to be in the presence of God on our behalf. One who did not break the covenant, but fulfilled it completely, Standing in the gap for you and I who completely ruined it and will completely ruin it again if it's up to us. Jesus wants his covenant partners to be near to him. He wants us to be close. So there it is again. He will be, we will be his people and he will be our God. Verse 22. And Jacob's leader can lead us close to him because it's Jesus. He is without sin. In 31, 35 to 36, we won't read it again, but it shows us how Jesus has fixed this, how solid it is, how, how, how complete it will be when Jesus comes. And we know that Jesus has already come, came. And so he fixes it, makes it solid, forever bonding, forever lasting. 
So since we can draw near to him who knew no sin, we are made clean by him. I don't want you to see this in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. It should be on the screen. I want you to see how we are made clean in him. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. So this is what it's talking about, being able to approach him because of what Jesus has done. He has inaugurated for us a new and living way through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. I want to demonstrate what happens to you and I when we trust Jesus as our Savior. So, uh, kids, this is for you, but I guarantee you this is going to be helpful to all of us, all right? So, we have three containers. Who can tell me what this container is to represent? Does anybody know? Jesus, good. And what do you think this one represents? Good, and this represents me and you, okay? Now, thanks, Carter. All right. So, when we sin, it affects us. When sin enters into our life, look, it affects us. It changes us. It makes us dirty, doesn't it? That's what I'm talking about. We need to be sprinkled clean, as the Scripture says. Remember, Adam sinned, Noah sinned, Moses sinned. Every covenant partner before Jesus sinned, but Jesus didn't. In fact, Jesus is without sin. And so I want to demonstrate to you what happens when you and I trust Jesus as our Savior, when we ask Him to be our Lord, when we trust in His accomplished new covenant relationship with you and me. When we believe in that, look what happens. When Jesus comes into our life, He sprinkles us clean. Oh, man, isn't that cool? We are sprinkled clean when Jesus saves us. When we trust in his promises, when we trust in his covenant. In fact, Jesus can clean, that's us, hold on. Jesus can clean all who are in sin. The third thing that we see very quickly is that everything that God has promised, all promises of God's promises are accomplished through Christ for those who believe. You and I have to believe in Christ. But when we do, every promise that God has made is yours and mine. Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that amazing? Look at what 2 Corinthians says. For, God, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Paul talks about Silvanius, Timothy, and I, did not become yes and no. On the contrary, in him, in Jesus, in the Son of God, in Jesus Christ, by his blood, it, it is always yes. For everyone who God's promises is yes in Jesus. Therefore, through him, we also say amen to the glory of God. All of God's promises are accomplished for those who've been sprinkled clean by him. So, that's the best news ever. 
That's the greatest news we could ever hope for or imagine. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the light that has come. Jesus, come to redeem us, to save us, to fulfill the covenant on our behalf, to fulfill the promises for you and me. And so everything that God has promised is yes for you and me. All of these promises are ours if we believe. So we must trust him. We must trust him. This covenant partner, this one who's established a relationship between God and him and God and us. Through Christ, we know, Christ, we know uh, what it's like to trust and know God. We're, we, we know what it's like to believe and to feel free. And so will you believe in Jesus today? Will you trust him today? Will you ask Jesus to draw near to God on your behalf? Would you ask Jesus to wash you clean from your sin? Would you ask Jesus to fill and seal your heart with his spirit? Today's message, I hope, is simple and clear, but profound at the same time that we must trust Jesus for our salvation so that we can be clean from sin, that you can be that he can be your God and you can be his people, his child. And so today is very simple. Would you call in the name of Christ today? Would you believe in Jesus today? Would you trust in Jesus in this moment? Maybe you're online with us. We'd love to connect with you, help you get connected to the Lord. Trust the Lord as your Savior. Text the word ALIVE to 423-455-9458. And I'd love to walk with you and share with you how you can trust him. But maybe you're here in this room today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Friends, he accomplished it all so that you could be forgiven of your sins. Trust in him today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. As we sing this Christmas hymn, Lord, help us to trust in you. Lord, I pray today that would be the day of salvation for someone here someone watching, that you would lead them to trust in you, Lord, because you accomplished what we couldn't. You fulfilled what we could never attain on our own. And so, God, we are so thankful. Work in our hearts and lives in this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand and let's respond to the Lord today in worship. And if you need to make any decision or proclamation, you do that today.